Hey everybody, this is Dave Hodges. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show, as you know, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We're really glad you could join us. We have a terrific segment. It's been a long time since we've had Mike Adams on, and we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpack tonight, but before we get started, there is a sponsor who makes this entire segment possible, and that sponsor is Trade Genius Academy. Absolutely love the work that Bob Kudla does because what he's doing, he's making binary options, cryptos, and stocks available to average people who don't ordinarily have the ability to do this or the knowledge. And they educate you, but see their education's hands-on. They walk you through the process. They give you access to their computers that tells you when to buy, sell, trade, and they have a 90% success rate with their computer algorithms. It's fantastic. And I'm going to be posting, when I post this interview to our website, some charts that will show you in a 30-day period, 22% increases, 11% increases, fantastic. And like I said, you don't have to know anything, but you have to be willing to learn and work cooperatively with the people there. Go to TradeGeniusAcademy.com and use the promo code MEMORIAL. This is only good now for this week. This, this sale goes away in just a few days. So TradeGeniusAcademy.com and use the code MEMORIAL for 40% off the non-bundled packages. It's a fantastic opportunity. Well, Mike Adams from News Target Natural News doesn't really need an introduction because he's been at the forefront of natural health care and uh, it morphed kind of into more of a, a news aggregate. And Mike writes a lot of articles. We run some of them over on our website, thecommonsenshow.com. They draw a lot of attention and rightly so. And he's one of the most respected people in the independent media. And uh, we really are grateful that he can take time out of his busy schedule to join us. Mike, thanks for being with us. And man, we have a lot to unpack in a short amount of time. It's great to join you again, Dave. I think it's been a couple of months since we uh, chatted, and since then you you've seen what's happening. I I really I hope I don't know what you what questions you have planned, but I I want to talk about the Insurrection Act uh, that's coming, and also Trump's uh, war against the deep state and some of what the deep state is planning to do in order to save their own hides as this unfolds. So uh, I hope we can get to that in, in this hour. Yeah, I really do. And I, and I know from talking to you, if we went on air, you want to start with what's going on with Governor Michelle Grisham in New Mexico. And I have been all over this person. She went after patriots at the border defending their properties, defending people, not trampling across their their properties and interfering with their farming operations. And she came down and threw some of them in jail. Ridiculous. But she's had a turnaround. So, Mike, I'll let you elaborate on how you see Governor Grisham from New Mexico. So, Governor Grisham is should be on the arrest list once Trump invokes the Insurrection Act. Let's just start right okay. at the top here. Right, good. <laughs> uh, she, along with the governor of California, should be uh, arrested by military police, uh, charged with treason. Uh, along with every mayor of every sanctuary city or the city council members who voted for sanctuary status and every governor of a sanctuary state that signed a sanctuary bill. Uh, it's, it's, it's time for, for Trump to get serious here, but we'll talk about that in a second. On, on, in New Mexico, so I've got a contact in Albuquerque who, uh, on the street, uh, lives very near the what's called the Albuquerque Expo Center and has told me that the place is being just completely overrun with illegals and that the the state has become so desperate they called in state troopers and stationed a state 
trooper uh, squad car on practically every every block of a street around the expo center. The migrants are somehow getting loose and they're setting up tents in people's front yards and backyards. They're actually starting to just invade and squat in on people's private property. And the police are telling citizens, according to my contact, that they are expecting an actual uh, invasion, a land invasion to take place. And when my contact, I encourage him to, to take some photos. And he took a couple of photos at night that I have, but uh, as he was trying to document this, he was threatened by police uh, saying that they had orders that no one could video what was happening, no one could take photos, and if you did, not only would your camera be confiscated, but you would be arrested. So I'm very curious to know if, if you've got listeners in Albuquerque, if they are seeing what my contact is reporting, because I am not seeing this reported in the media, but we have seen, as you mentioned, uh, Governor Grisham of New Mexico, uh, who previously had pulled National Guard troops off the border. She has now turned 180 degrees. She's desperate. She's calling for Trump to come in and help. The truth is her state is collapsing under an invasion of illegal immigration if uh, if what what my contact tells me is true. So that's what I know there so far, Dave. What what else uh, do you well, know Mike, about that situation? I, what I wanted to ask you here is you use the word land invasion. Are you talking yes. military or paramilitary or just simply a mass horde of people occupying an area? Well, it, the impression I got was that it was not military, but it's military-aged, unarmed mm-hmm. okay. uh, migrants and like squatters. Like what we see in Europe. Who, Exactly. I mean, they're capable of picking up rifles, and there may be uh, some of them we know are terror cells. Some of them, certainly not all of them, but they are—they tend to be military-aged men. So you really have to wonder, you know. And the families are faked. So you have a military-aged man who uh, pays to have a child accompany him. Well, the child was kidnapped from a family in Mexico, and the child is—you know—you've heard of child recycling. Mm-hmm. So the child accompanies this person. They sneak into the country. A hundred percent of these individuals with fake children get let into the country. That's according to the Trump administration, 100 percent. And then the child uh, goes back to Mexico and is recycled to the next, quote, family. And this is happening every single day. And this is one of the reasons why I say President Trump must invoke the Insurrection Act and must deploy the military to defend our border and must arrest those who are guilty of treason, domestic enemies who are complicit in this activity. You know, what's interesting about the threat that was made towards your contact in Albuquerque with arrest and camera confiscation. It reminds me of the post-mosque so-called massacre in which people could go to prison for 10 years for reporting on it or showing any part of the video. I mean, it's like this madness against the First Amendment's going global. In fact, in France, Macron has said, if you journalists out there report anything other than the official narrative on Yemen, you're going to prison. Yeah, exactly. Um, They just label it hate speech and say, you're a criminal now. I mean, look at what they're doing to Tommy Robinson over there. But it's clear in New Mexico, you're not allowed to film what's actually happening. And you combine that. I mean, I'm talking about Albuquerque at the moment, but you've seen, you know, you've seen what's happening in Phoenix. You've heard the reports of Tucson. And then we know also the the migrant accelerated collapse that's happening in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, and even Portland, Oregon. 
we are seeing the accelerated invasion and collapse of U.S. cities, and you're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to photograph it. If you if you report on it, you're banned from every platform. This is the collapse of the West of America, and you're not allowed to, to talk about it. It's incredible. It's the craziest thing I think I have ever seen. You there, Dave? Yes. I, as I was saying here, and I just cut out, and I saw that here on the microphone levels. It's the craziest darn thing I've ever seen, Mike. I mean, I, I have never seen such an attack on the First Amendment. And I think what the globalists are saying is the jig is up. They know who we are. They know what we want to do. So we're going to silence them and go full speed ahead. Yeah, absolutely. They, it's clear that they have ordered uh, every tech platform to censor all pro-America or even just nationalistic voices. You know, if you love your country, you're censored, whether it's America or the United Kingdom or France or Germany. If you, you know, if you just are a citizen who loves your country and you want to defend your borders, you are deplatformed. And this order has clearly come down from the globalists. And it's one of the reasons why I've added to my my uh, wish list of those to be arrested by President Trump's um, order, uh, you know, via military police, should be the CEOs of the tech giants. So, uh, and I want to be clear, I, I'm calling for the President of the United States to declare a localized martial law and to deploy the troops to occupy and temporarily seize control over Facebook, Twitter, Google, and, and these other tech giants that are engaged in acts of treason and vote fraud and uh, insurrection against America. Not that we want the government to, to run those companies long term. We don't. We don't want a government running uh, private industry. But we also, we need to use, while Trump has this power, we need to use this power to force corporations to stop steamrolling yeah. the individual liberties of the American people. So that needs to happen. Well, on a number of fronts, and uh, this is my frustration with Trump, and uh, I think this is a good time to interject this. I will vote for him if he's running in 2020, and I'll qualify that later. But I have to tell you, Mike, I, I see some forms of compromise, uh, even maybe a partial coup on certain abilities for Trump to act. And let me give you an example. When I was in Branson at Steve Quayle's conference last September, I spoke over the phone with witnesses, the Hagmans and Gary Haven, uh, heard every word of this conversation. And I gave one of Trump's advisors the details on the laws that were being broken, the open forum laws that says you can't censor if you're claiming open forum exemption from bad things that go up on your site, uh, antitrust legislation violations, three aspects of it, and the fact that these uh, qualify now, Twitter and so forth, they should be broken up under antitrust laws. And this yes. guy's taking notes. Well, that's on a yeah. Saturday night. By Wednesday, Trump had already commented using some of the verbiage and then he does nothing. And here's Julian Assange rotting in a prison cell, and he's done no more than tell the truth about criminal activity, and Trump seems to be forsaking him. I mean, how do you respond to my concerns in those areas? Well, uh, with Julian Assange, I have no, no doubt that if Trump had full power, if he had total control over his administration and the Pentagon and the, the deep state and everything, he would pardon Julian Assange. I believe he would. Yes. I think right now he is battling a very powerful, very dangerous 
deep state and intelligence community, which, as you know, uh, tried to carry out a, an illegal political coup. Uh, that was treason. And that was at the very highest levels of the Obama administration, the CIA, the DOJ, the State Department, the FBI, you name it. Those elements still exist. In fact, I think media is reporting that John Brennan still has his security clearance, for God's sake. That's correct. Right? So Trump does not have control yet. If he had control, things would already be very different right now. We would, you know, James Comey and John Brennan would be behind bars or sentenced to death or something, you know, whatever the court decides. You know, things would be different, but we're not there yet. And Trump is, you know, the, the delay tactic that has tried to keep Trump out of power through his entire first term has been largely successful. Trump has not been able to pursue uh, his plans, his policies, the things that he ran on, which, remember, included drain the swamp and lock her up. And, and what's implied in that is criminal arrests and indictments of deep state traitors. Trump has promised to do that. And I believe as soon as he is able, he will make good on that. I mean, this this declassification requests of these uh, FISA related documents, this is the beginning and it's it's happening. We're going to see that rolling out over the next you know, couple of months. And from there, things will only accelerate in favor of Trump taking out the deep state operatives. But it's not going to happen overnight. I don't think they're going to let it get to that point. And now I'm just speculating, Mike, and I fully admit that. But put yourself in the place of the deep state. If Barr starts to roll with this, you know they're not going to just sit back and take it. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I've said the same thing. I've analyzed that as well. Um, so here's here's my concern. Um, we know that these people, these are the same people who have carried out false flag attacks, who have uh, created wars in the past. You know these kind of people, and they're willing to to have potentially millions of people murdered or killed as long as it covers their tracks. And I believe they, they have networks and they have domestic cells of operatives who can be activated. And I believe that they are willing to activate all kinds of things in the next few months just to create chaos, just to change the narrative and, if possible, blame Trump. So I think we have to be on the lookout right now. Between, you know, between now and the 2020 election, I think there could be huge false flag attacks, not just shootings, but I'm talking uh, citywide dirty bombs actually deployed by the deep state people who are who are uh, about to, to be exposed, by the way, um, you know, stay behind networks. I totally could not agree with you more with pre pre supplied weapons caches that can be accessed by incoming personnel across the border. That's what information right. I have. But uh, yeah, I'll come back to my thoughts on that. I, I just want to take you into. Well, let me ask you this. In fact, let me make this statement because you are so right on the money when you said dirty bomb. I'm in communication with personnel from the border, and I'm going to mention a couple of the agencies. One is, uh, well, there are three of them, ICE, Border Patrol, and DHS. And they all say pretty much the same thing. They're all looking for a dirty bomb to be smuggled in in various component parts. And I am told they don't even have the resources and manpower to adequately search everybody before they have to move people on. And they, therefore, they're right. saying we're vulnerable to this kind of an attack. Well, it's yeah, you're right on. And it's 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 even worse than that. I don't know if you recall, but over the last several years, there have been media reports of 
nuclear material that has been stolen um, and has gone missing in Mexico and Central and South America. And this material, it almost doesn't matter what kind of fissionable material, if it's radiological, you know, it can be different elements. It, it can be made into a dirty bomb and it can be smuggled back into the United States easily because the border is unprotected. Border Patrol doesn't have the radiological detection equipment and the range is very limited on that equipment, especially if if the nuclear material is well contained, for example, you know, lead sealed and so on. So. These terrorists, they could get a hold of strontium-91, they could get a hold of cesium-137, they could get a hold of various forms of uranium or plutonium, even sort of waste, like post-processing product that's considered waste material, could be made into a dirty bomb. And it doesn't take, the thing is, I'm, you know, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything here that isn't already public knowledge, but it doesn't take a genius terrorist, you know, to learn how to blow up a, a bunch of material. Like that, it's a non-sophisticated weapon sadly and that makes it readily available to those who don't have even government funding you know they they could be a self-funded group they could be an ideological group it's incredible you know I, I, the risk I is hear, huge i hear exactly what you're saying and um you know here's one thing i'm finding and, and what you just said is exactly what i've been told by people from three actually four different agencies because I have to add the DEA in this. I've had two DEA sources since 2014 in the first Central American invasion. And one of them has stayed in pretty close contact. And here's what he told me that's really interesting. The, I am hearing from people in military intelligence. I'm hearing from people in all these agencies I've mentioned. And not because I'm important in it, but Mike, this is what I was told by a guy in the DEA. He said, Dave, you ever wonder why I contact you regularly? He said, I know what I know and I can't give you classified, but I can point you to open source intelligence that you can bootstrap back to what I can't tell you. Right. And he said, that's one reason. He said, but one of the other major reasons why I call you, he said, you talk to people from different agencies and you're involved in many different fronts. He said, I'm compartmentalized. All of us are compartmentalized. We only know what we know within our agency. And he said, we have to come to people like you who can kind of tell us what's going on in other areas so we can make sense of what we're seeing. Do you ever uh, get anything like that, too? Have you had anyone come forward and say that to you as well? No, but I'm, I'm also intentionally very, very difficult to reach. <laughs> I've, I've, I, you know, it's interesting. I would, there's, I'm not going to say this person's name, but there's a former ambassador who has been trying to reach me and I haven't spoken with him yet. And I'm, I'm curious what that's about. That just happened in the last week. I don't, I have no idea what that's about, but this person had a hard time getting through our whole screening and contact process. I am willing to talk to him and find out what, I don't know what he wants, but, uh, to my knowledge, I haven't been contacted by anybody asking for my help in any of these other agencies or anything like that. I mean, we know they spy on us, all of us in the independent media were spied sure. on, but no one's ever contacted me and said, ah, we'd like your analysis of this because you seem to kind of know a lot more than these morons in Washington. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm getting. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm getting. Yeah. You, you have to understand that, and I know you know this, but the, the audience, a lot of the audience will find this surprising. That if you take an agency, say like DHS, and you could name any of them, 
the rank and file are usually pretty loyal Americans. They usually have military backgrounds or police backgrounds, and they've chosen to serve in this fashion. And what I've been told is we know where the child sex factories are. We know where the ISIS tra- training camps are in America, but we're prevented from going to get them. And why are they being huh. prevented? Because the leadership of these agencies are often Obama holdovers that we call the deep state. That's why. Right. Right. And and I think these people also, they know that the mainstream media is useless. They, they do zero journalism. And the people who work in mainstream media are truly some of the dumbest people that are working today. They, they don't even have the ability to ask an intelligent question. Everything's scripted, right? So if, if I don't know, if these people were smart, I mean, the intelligence community people, they would try to reach out to people like you if they're you know if they're patriots and they want your help to literally defend america they would try to reach out to people like you or me but um for some reason you know we're not <laughs> maybe you know you are maybe you they are, don't um, you, you are busy you're on the run you are hard, harder to get a hold of i'm more of a fixed target and i probably shouldn't say it that way but <laughs> but i am and and uh yeah. these guys i mean this is why it makes sense this is why they reach out to me because i'll know things from other contacts that they have no access to and they want to make sense of what's going on because they feel yeah. betrayed by their leadership yeah, well, of course, right? I mean, look, we we live in real America. You know, I live in Texas, you live in Arizona, and we interact with real people, not the fake bureaucrats and the, you know, the the all the, the people climbing the corporate ladder and all that. We we interact with real people. And we're also real journalists in the sense that we ask real questions and we have real contacts and we get a lot of information. How many times have you or I reported on a big story? had a source and then boom two or three days later it comes out as true in the mainstream media i mean that's happened over and over and over again we actually have the best sources across the board we know what's coming down well i've been told they can't go to mainstream media because they don't trust them you see they they watch me i've had an rsoft source since 2004 and they know that this guy's not been outed and I basically don't identify him and I don't leave identifying remarks. And I think that encourages other people like him to come forward. And, you know, I think you develop, you know, a reputation that way. But I'm telling you, Mike, they come to us because we know what they're not learning from their own supervisors. And it is horrific. There was a guy who told me, uh, and and this guy's in law enforcement. He walked into a warehouse in El Paso and he said several thousand square feet. And he said there were thousands of illegal immigrants that were unprocessed. And in, sometimes wow. I'll, I'll get a report uh, from the Border Patrol, and they'll say in our nine-mile sector, we've already apprehended a 1,000 today, and it's only noon. This is how big the problem wow. is. Yeah. Well, I tell, you, I tell you what, Dave, I mean, since since you brought all this up, if if the Trump administration were to contact me, I would I would volunteer to help defend this country, you know, through analysis or uh, whatever whatever is required i mean look we independent media journalists like us we are i think among the best informed people in the country and 
we are able and, and willing to assist. We are real patriots. Yes. You know, we, we love our country. We want to defend our borders. And, and the other thing is, life has been made so damn difficult for all of us that we've become very strong, very capable, and extremely well prepared. And you know, there's, there aren't that many people in the establishment that have ever been pushed that hard because their lives are easy. You see what I mean? Uh, someone who's got a hard life made hard through censorship, through attacks, smears, being stalked, you know, being threatened. If your life has been made hard, it makes you a hard person, makes you a capable person, makes you determined. Either that or you gave up years ago and you're already gone off the scene. Those of us who are still around, we're survivors at every level, spiritual. I mean, I'm about to shoot a video here shortly just showing people all the gear on my battle belt because I, I have a really good setup on a battle belt, some G-code equipment, uh, bilateral access to emergency first aid tourniquets. It's a great rig. I'm just going to show people how I run my gear when I'm doing, you know, AR exercises and and uh, combat medic exercises. All these things that I do with with my training buddies. You know, I'm just going to show people my battle belt because a lot of people don't have these skills. We've been turned into tough people because of our circumstances, and we're we're tough people who are willing to help our country. Yes, we are, but the other side is equally determined to bring this country down. That's for sure. I mean, it's you know the hardest thing I had trouble getting my mind around, Mike, and I don't have trouble any longer. But when Trevor Loudon first came out with uh, Enemies Within, and he identified eighty members of Congress who were members of front groups for the American Communist Party or the Muslim Brotherhood. I thought, 80, unbelievable. And the names were household names. I mean, Kamala yeah. Harris, Elizabeth Warren, on and on it goes. And I just couldn't get my mind right because I go, this is absolute treason. But right. as we progress, do you see it this way? These people want the Constitution gone. They want capitalism gone. They want you and I enslaved. We're going to be a servant class. And those are the ones they're going to let live. Do you think I'm being too extreme? Well, I think that, that they have vastly underestimated the sleeping giant that they're awakening to quote, you know, what happened in World War II when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. They had no idea what they were awakening in the American people in terms of resolve and resistance to tyranny. And today the left, the authoritarian left, has had its way for so long that they've never met any resistance. No one's ever told them no. And that is about to come to an end. I believe that soon, probably very soon, uh, when Trump invokes the Insurrection Act and the Antifa terrorists take to the streets, I believe that the American people, the patriots, will engage those terrorist groups. I'm not uh, specifically calling for any kind of action other than to defend your nation. But I do believe that many American patriots will engage the terrorists block by block, city by city. And, and I also believe that under those circumstances, they would be right to do so. So that, that, that day is coming. The left is about to hit resistance and blowback like it has never experienced before, ever. I did a podcast and I based it on a question and this is something the late Jim Mars used to say to me a lot Dave it's going to be okay at the end because we outnumber them and I looked at that question Mike and I said it's true we do outnumber them I would estimate we outnumber them 7 to 3 okay I think 70% of America is relatively conservative however they control the choke points of power 
the media, the military-industrial complex, key positions in Congress, uh, the, uh, you name it, they seem to control it. Um, how do you overcome these disadvantages? Um, the Achilles heel of all of that, of course, is the power substations outside the cities. So... This yeah, yeah. I'm going to quote Matt Bracken here, uh, American Partisan. He had an excellent article on this, analyzing the the tactics likely to unfold. And again, I'm not specifically uh, calling for this, but uh, you look at the tech giants; they all run on electricity, and they're all centered in the same California area electrical grid. And uh, all those substations are parked outside the cities especially in a place like Los Angeles, which uses electricity to pump water to the entire city. If there were a civil war, and if a Patriot group were to take out some power substations outside the cities, uh, Los Angeles would collapse into chaos inside of you know 48 hours. And th that's the Achilles heel of all these systems. How does CNN broadcast its propaganda if it has no power, <laughs> right? <laughs> So rather than so, the uh, bad guys bringing our power down, you're thinking patriot groups may take down the power that supports the uh, the liberal institutions? Yeah, and I want to I want to be clear. I'm not calling for it. I'm just analyzing what I think is a what if scenario. If if there is a state of war against America declared by our president, and the president calls for all patriots to help defend this nation, I think one of the tactics would be to deprive the traitors and the, the treasonous institutions access to uh, power grid resources. It's a, it's, a, it's a common priority in any field of battle. Uh, this is what U.S. Navy SEALs help carry out overseas when they go into an area. One of the first things you do is you deprive the local propaganda media uh, broadcast station of its power grid. Why do you do that? Well, you have to stop the mass poisoning of the minds of the people. And so that's how they do it. And that, believe me, there's a lot of retired Navy SEALs, a lot of retired special forces, U.S. Army, former military intelligence all over this country. They, they know exactly how to get this done because they were trained to do it. <laughs> and they don't, need to, they don't need to be told to do anything. They know what needs to be done on their own. They see America under attack. All they're waiting for is probably Trump to declare the truth about the state of war that we're already in. Well, that is interesting. It's an interesting concept. I, uh, I can't say I haven't considered that before, but I never really gave it serious consideration. Like, gee, this could really happen. It makes sense. It's kind yeah, of a, you know, it's you, kind of a scorched earth policy. Um, you know, blow up well, resources see, so the enemy can't use them. It, it, it's like this: if, you, if you're thinking tactically. The left has control over all institutions of virtual reality. They control information. They control the transmission of information. They control education, schools, news, and so on. But they all exist in the real world. And in the real world, they are not the dominant force. The real world requires water, electricity, food, and fuel. And so in any kind of battle scenario or civil war scenario, you can conquer the virtual world by depriving its actors of access to resources that they need to stay alive in the real physical world. It, the, all virtual systems go down instantly. I mean, what's the value of Bitcoin when the power grid is down? It's zero. 
you know, that's what's the value of gold when the power grid goes down? Oh, well, it's as good as ever because gold doesn't vanish. So think about the layers here. The physical world is where, because people have physical bodies and they have physical needs. You need water, you need food. You know, all logistics systems need electricity. All coordination needs communications, which requires electronics and electricity. These systems are highly vulnerable to committed action in the defense of a nation. And that's what I suspect may happen. Again, this is my analysis, I'm not calling for any of these actions. I'm simply analyzing as a tactician what I think is likely to happen. I can't disagree with what you're saying. I, I think that scenario is entirely likely. Um, you know, part of me almost thinks if there was an organized resistance, we'd do it right now. We take down their power immediately before they can act upon us. Well, except I think that I think that the pro-America side of this, they are people who follow rules. They are people who abide by the law. They're not lawless like the left, and thus they won't do it on their own without some kind of authority. So yeah, if Trump invokes the Insurrection Act, you know, that's a game changer. Or if the left tries to wage some kind of communist takeover, like a cultural revolution type of thing, then, you know, it's it's game on. But I don't think that conservatives are the kind of people to spontaneously invoke such actions until they are provoked themselves. That's my guess. Mike, are you familiar with the movie Seven Days in May? Uh, doesn't no okay. doesn't ring a bell. Came out in the sixties and uh, I think late sixties, starring Kirk Douglas, and it was the story of a military coup against a president who wouldn't invoke a war, and the plot was uncovered by his military aide, and uh, this had a happy ending. But what I am seeing from the military, I mean, first of all, Trump ordered them to the border and they dragged their feet. Trump has said five times, no invasion of Iran, but they're continuing. And they've already had one false flag with the four tankers off the coast of Saudi Arabia. Is Trump in danger of a military coup, in your opinion? Mm, not, not yet. I think he's keeping the military quite happy with the huge budgets that he has been giving them, record funding for the Pentagon. As long as the money is flowing... The Pentagon can keep creating and fighting its own private wars and financially skimming that, you know, for its uh, favored contractors. Uh, remember, the, the military is a tribe. And uh, as much as I'm a patriot, and I think that national defense is absolutely critical, and I thank God that we have nuclear submarine commanders roaming the seas of our world ready to launch nukes on enemies of America if they were to attack us, you know, thank God for that. But I also recognize that every institution exists to preserve it itself and to expand its own influence. And the way the Pentagon does that is to create wars where they're not necessary. And so that's what I see happening. Trump, has, I think, has them uh, friendly enough. They're certainly not pro-Trump, but they're not anti-Trump either. And for right now, that's the best Trump can do until his second term. Uh, this situation with Julian Assange, I think is a real sticking point because the military wants him prosecuted uh, very aggressively and Trump doesn't. Uh, Trump may lose a lot of his base if he doesn't either delay that prosecution, have some of the charges dropped, or pardon Julian Assange, which is what I think he should do. But the, the, yeah. the military deep state won't settle for any of those. They want, they want Assange, they want his head on a stick. 
we are on the same page as far as the pardoning. But the process legally has to come to America. But one thing disturbs me that Trump is letting American officials get away with. They seized his computer out of the Ecuadorian embassy. That means they can evidence tamper. And they have legal documents and they won't turn them over to him. So he can't even mount a legal defense. And I don't know why Trump isn't stepping in as the chief executive and say, we're not doing this. Well, again, I I think he doesn't have full control over the Pentagon. It's clear. his control. Remember, he you know he was an outsider coming into an establishment system that has a, a, a very long-standing you know culture of control, and uh, Trump has been dismantling that system step by step. It's I think it's amazing Trump is still alive at this point. Truthfully, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I know of some plots against the president. One of them was by the Shining Path, and this is when he canceled his trip to South America. And the Shining uh-huh. Path used to be the Sanchez Paredes drug cartel that married the cartels with Middle East terrorist groups. And they had a plot against the president. And I got this from many, many different angles. I'm 100% confidence call on this. And he canceled his trip. So he's already faced it. But I think it could get a whole lot more serious. Um, well, what, but let me add a thought to that. What what I've been very concerned about, and especially now with the deep state cornered like uh, like terrified rats that they are, I've been concerned about them attempting to deploy an area effect weapon to take out Trump along with a few hundred thousand other people or whatever is necessary. You see, we tend to think of an assassination attempt as being a, a very personal, up-close, one-on-one type of thing. You know, maybe they would try uh, to take him out with a suicide bomber or something insane like that, whatever these leftists do. But again, what I'm concerned about is an area effect weapon, which could be biological, chemical or nuclear. Any of those, all they have to do is is get close to where the president is and they don't even have to admit that they're trying to take him out in in particular because they know if if the president were assassinated it would probably activate a second amendment response of patriots all across america and so if if they if they had a way to take out the president where it wasn't obvious that he was the target then that may not invoke that response so i'm very concerned about this this is this is the dirty bomb issue uh you know i i, I wouldn't be surprised if the obama traders were uh, right now plotting a dirty bomb attack somewhere near Trump, just enough to expose him to uh, radiological contamination, which would prove fatal within a few months. Remember, they don't have to, you know, for them to carry out their task, their goal of murder, uh, because they're insane and they're criminal traitors, they don't have to kill him immediately. They only have to kill him slowly, and then they consider that a victory. So there, there are a lot of scenarios that we may not have fully considered in all this. Wow, that's that's quite the analysis there, Mike. And I happen to think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but we're all agreed on one thing, I think, and most of us in the independent media. Trump is really going to be challenged to get to the 2020 election. Right. It's going to be an uphill battle for him to still be standing at that time. Well, this is why I, I hope Trump. I wish he would appeal to the American people. I wish he would invoke the Insurrection Act and say, look, America, all veterans, you're reactivated because the military can do that, by the way. (laughs) They can just say, guess what? You're back in the military today. Um, Trump needs to do it and he needs to put out an arrest list 
an actual list of names of people to be arrested and he needs to occupy and and you know take down the tech giants and the, uh, you know the federal judges there's there are about 50 federal judges that need to be arrested and and charged with treason how about and the, the list goes on how about the head of these liberal cities that we're going to talk about here the a- absolutely yeah, yeah like chicago and new york and dc and la and san francisco um let's speak to that a little bit here the collapse yeah. of the liberal cities what's going on so liberal economic policies are disastrous and we're seeing uh, reported in the media large piles of trash piling up in Los Angeles. You know, we're all aware of the problem of, of widespread uh, needles and human feces uh, in the streets of San Francisco. Much the same thing is happening in Washington's Seattle and Portland. Mass homelessness. And sadly, a lot of these homeless people are veterans. And what's happening is these liberal elite cities are becoming places where only the politically connected wealthy can even afford to live. It's too expensive for anybody who isn't corrupt and part of the system, the establishment. And so they... They truck in and bus in and, and uh, you know, have commuters come in, poor people to serve the wealthy elite, and then those poor people exit the city each day and go home to their barrios and their slums and shanty towns where they live, and they're only one paycheck away from being homeless. This is the vision of America that liberals have, and they are achieving it. It's basically the Mexico City edition of California where massive gun confiscation, all the citizens are disarmed, all the bureaucrats are corrupt, the drug cartels and the human traffickers run everything, the streets are a nightmare, human kidnapping, human trafficking, drug trafficking, pedophilia, you know, children for sale on certain street corners being purchased by the wealthy elite donors to the big political parties and the tech giants. This is the vision of Democrats. And this is what they are actually making happen. This is becoming reality in places like uh, big California cities. How can they stay afloat? I mean, clearly their liberal policies of supporting illegal aliens is bankrupting their cities. How do they remain solvent? Well, part part of it is they're not they're not solvent. You know, the entitlement obligations of almost every one of these liberal cities, not to mention the liberal states, will put them into bankruptcy. Um, a piece of investment advice, by the way, for those listening: any person today who's purchasing municipal bonds of any liberal city or a city in a liberal state, you are committing financial suicide. You should be out of municipal bonds completely. You will lose everything. Um, right now, if you don't mind me saying um, this, you know I'm not your financial advisor to anyone listening, but there are only two places you should do a 28-day rollover T-bill, you know treasuries that roll over every 28 days, or have your money in gold, silver, cash, ammo, legal firearms, or land. That's it. You should be out of the stock market. Get out of the tech stocks. They're going to crash catastrophically. Tesla is a massive Wall Street hoax. Uber, Lyft, they're all massive Wall Street hoaxes and Ponzi schemes. They're all going to collapse. That day is coming, and municipal bonds are going to collapse as well. So uh, if you're in those markets, you will be taken for a ride. Just giving people a warning in advance here. What about bugging out, Mike? I want to talk to you about your thoughts on that. Do you think there'll be, first of all, the worst place you could be when all hell breaks loose is in the city? 
Yeah. Will people get a warning sign before it happens? Not not enough, no. Um, we've talked about this before. Um, so the, the egress from the cities will be very quickly blocked when local martial law is declared. And what's going to be happening is they'll be trying to prevent the escape of the domestic um, uh, traders and criminal felons who are trying to escape California and you know fly to Venezuela or wherever. So the egress will be blocked as one of the very first things. And the way you'll notice that is there's a big traffic jam on the highway. You can't get out of the city. At that point, it's already too late. You're stuck. And the average Los Angeles resident has no clue how to get out on foot. They couldn't even imagine that. I mean, do you really want to walk through hundreds of miles of desert unarmed with no bug out bag? No, that's a death sentence, right? So you're pretty much stuck. You need to get out of the cities now before any of this happens. And you need to get to the countryside. You, you need to find a place where you have water, a gravity filter, right? Where you can legally own firearms, where you've got some space away from the cities. It's all about buffer space. And, you know, lots of great places to do that, right? Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, Texas, places in Arizona for that matter, even places in Nevada. I've been told from the time the decision is made, people will have about 90 minutes to react. And the first sign <laughs> will be when your cell phone is yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you, there will be n not nearly enough time to get out. Won't have, unless you, unless you have a helicopter. If you have a vertical takeoff pad in your backyard, <laughs> you have a hovercraft or something. I don't know. But for the average person, no, forget it. Not going to happen. And the FAA will probably ground all aircraft anyway. So even if you're a, you know, civilian pilot, you know, I used to own a Cessna and uh, had an airstrip not far from me. Yeah, but uh, if the FAA says you're all grounded, guess what? <laughs> you can't fly anyway. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, and then the F-16s are in the sky to enforce that mandate. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And, you know. Top speed on your Cessna is uh, <laughs> its a little bit faster than walking, but it's not much. <laughs> yeah. then, then you hear that the sonic barrier being bursted as they hone in on you and they lock <laughs> on to your Cessna. Yeah, that's not a good idea. The, um, no. But th this is, I was talking to a lady that I used to work with years and years and years, and she's worried. She's been reading my stuff and she's worried. And she said, what do I do? And she lives kind of on the outer edges of the suburbs. And I said, no, you're not safe there. And she yeah. thought, well, I thought I would be. And I says, no, no. I live really basically 15 to 16 miles from any services. And I said, I don't feel safe where I'm at. I yeah. said, I'm safer than 95% of America. But I said, I'm not totally in the free either. And she said, well, well, I can just leave. And I said, you won't get out of town. That's why I asked you the question. Think about this. When the power grid is unavailable in any city, and this could happen also from cyber attacks. It could happen from an EMP weapon. I think the power grid goes down, going down is one of the most likely um, realities that people will have to deal with in many different scenarios that are possible. But once the power grid goes down, remember, all food stamp transactions cease to function. All bank and ATM transactions and all retail transactions stop functioning. Now you've got 
millions of, you know, there's over 40 million people on food stamps across America who suddenly uh, they don't have their food. They don't have their government entitlements. Now, what happens then? It's not hard to imagine. You know, chaos unfolds within hours. The police are the police are outnumbered on a good day, okay? <laughs> and I know a lot of cops. I know you do too. Cops will tell you they're they're barely keeping the peace on a good day. It, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I've got you. Okay, sorry. Um, on a bad day, they're completely outnumbered. It's over. So the gangs will be running crazy. They'll be pulling people out of their cars. They'll be targeting you because of the color of your skin. If you're white, probably. They'll be carjacking everybody in sight. They'll be going door to door in the neighborhoods, pulling people out of their homes, um, stealing everything, uh, murdering people, doing whatever else that comes to their imagination, you know, the twisted, sick people. So... This is this is when you're going to wish you had watched my battle belt video, <laughs> by the way, and you're going to wish you had a thousand hours of training at the local gun range because you can't call 911. Everything's down. You're on your own, man. You and your spouse or your buddy or your family members or whatever. You're on your own. Sure. That's it. No, you're exactly right. Well, Mike, we've covered a lot here, and I think what we've covered are problematic areas people need to be cognizant of, and people who go to your site and listen to you um, are going to be the best prepared. So tell people how they can follow your good work. Sure thing. Naturalnews.com. All my videos are on the right column. Uh, of naturalnews.com and I've, I've been posting a lot of videos about preparedness gear survival uh, the insurrection act and some things that are coming so just just go to naturalnews.com check that out um, I do want to plug our video site brighteon.com we're launching uh, Brighton 2.0 in June. And, uh, you know, the infrastructure providers tried to shut us down after we were posting videos about the New Zealand shooting. They tried to destroy us and deplatform us. We have been feverishly working to build a new infrastructure that's more resistant against censorship. It's not not perfect, but it's much better. And that's launching in June. So all of you listening, if you want to post free speech videos, just go to brighton.com. It's just kind of like YouTube, but it's pro free speech. So there you go. <laughs> well, that's not YouTube. <laughs> I can tell you I, that. Yeah, no. I, can I mean, tell you it, it works for... like YouTube, but yeah. <laughs> do you, do you have any, people ask me this question all the time, but do you have any sense about when things are going to terribly unravel? I mean, they're unraveling now, but I mean, when we reach a critical point. Well, I, I, I think it has everything to do with the release of these classified documents, frankly. I think Agreed. Trump has already pulled the trigger. It's a slow release formula. Uh, there have to be internal reviews and probably some redactions by all these departments. But you notice that Trump ordered the release from many different departments. I think Health and Human Services and the Treasury and all these. They're like, whoa, what kind of crazy conspiracy You know, treason was happening inside all these agencies? that they have documents to be released that are named by Trump. Well, we're about to find out. So it's over the next, look, I say between now and the aftermath of the 2020 election. So between now and January, 2021, this is the hot zone. This yeah. is the time when history is gonna, gonna unfold. It's accelerating. It's gonna be 
a wild ride, uh, and the the people on the left they don't kill they don't care who they have to kill to stay in power. So they will initiate bloodshed at some point. I have no doubt they will initiate bloodshed. I agree. And on that note, we are flat out of time, Mike. Thank you so okay. much for coming on and sharing what's going on. And I'll tell you, if this doesn't motivate all of you to begin to prepare, then nothing is going to do that. Thanks so much, Mike, for joining us. We look forward to having you back again. All right. Thank you, Dave. Be safe.